Welcome back, teacher friend, to another episode of Teacher Let Your Light Shine. This is episode number 15, and I'm just going to start off with the phrase that I learned a couple years ago, time is money. And when I heard that a couple years ago, I really had to digest that for a while because I wasn't familiar with the phrase and didn't really know how it played out into our life. And now I think about this a lot as a business owner. I really do. And it's it's for real. You trade your time for your money. You trade your money for your time. And today I want to compare the time I invest in our school, Lighthouse Learning, compared to when I was teaching in public school. I'm going to discuss lesson plans, monthly plans, newsletters, weekly emails, how I have saved so much time and increased the quality of life for myself, for my family, for the children that we serve, for their families. Now, this is a little bit of a longer episode because I am so grateful for the amount of time that I have in this business with my family and just as a result, having a better quality of life. Our time has been freed up in so many ways. You may look at it and think, but you have kids at your house full time every day, all day, but I don't look at it in that way. And if you were to do the same, I guarantee you would find the bliss and what this has to offer. So today's episode is going to be a little bit longer. It's going to take a little bit more of your time to listen to it because time is such a pro when it comes to having this type of business. I really hope that you listen all the way through because you are going to get some amazing nuggets about how we save time just in our home with cleaning, with taking care of our property, and also the logistics of planning our school day and teaching, serving children, making relationship the forefront of what we do. Time is so valuable. As a matter of fact, time was the biggest reason I decided that I wanted to pursue this business, but also to leave my teaching profession in public school. I was an instructional coach and I really did love my role, but my heart and my soul were crying out for more time, more freedom. And honestly, for a lot of reasons that I've talked in the past, I just was crying for a different way of life for myself, for my family, for our future. And building this school has been a labor of love and something that had been on my heart for quite a few years. I just didn't know how to get it up and going. But I am so grateful that it happened because my life has changed for the better, as I have said before. And the quality of time that I spend with students, teaching, with people in the community, with my own child, and how I spend the days. It's special to me. It's special to my husband. It's special to my children. It's special to the people that we serve. And I want to share that with you because The truth is, no one expects you to build this school of your dreams and sacrifice your time, your money, your sanity, your overall salary. Nobody is expecting you to do that as a sacrifice of service. That's not what this is about. This is about cultivating a life that you love with the time and the money that you need to have in order to create a peaceful, joyful life. Not only for you, but for others. And today, we are going to tackle some nitty-gritty. I am excited to share this with you. Let's do it. 
Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. I have some exciting news for you. I'm just so thrilled that you have the opportunity to receive free resources and an opportunity to receive free coaching. Yes, teacher friend, free coaching, whatever it is in your life that you need help with, whether it's in teaching, business, building this business, transitioning out of your teacher career, whatever I can do to help you, I am gonna be offering free one-on-one coaching services for two people. So how do you get into this? There is a website coming for you. It is almost finished. Go to the show notes in this episode. Click on the link that shows the website and you will be taken to the website that's not finished yet. But if you submit your email address, you will be put on the waiting list. And of course, there's no spam ever. Being on the waiting list allows you to be the first to get notified when the actual site goes live. The website will officially launch on November 5th. After it goes live on November 5th, I will draw two winners on November 8th and you will receive free one-on-one coaching from me, but you must be on the waiting list by November 4th before the website actually airs. Then once the website is live, you're going to get free resources. You will also be able to schedule one-on-one coaching for your life, for your business, for your school building, for your teaching, whatever it is that your little teacher heart desires, I will be offering my services. You will also have links to the blog and something super, super extra special coming in January. You don't wanna miss it. Be sure to click the website link below in the show notes and you will be put on the waiting list and get an opportunity to win free coaching. Okay, everybody, this is going to be a good one. If you like some just tactical pieces of information where you can really get more clarity and more of a sense, this is going to be a really great episode for you. I feel as if you will be inspired. With this type of schooling, you get to build your life and then your work gets put into your life. Where in the past, I felt as if my work... I just can't even believe that I'm saying it, but it's so true because I was gone 50 hours a week from home, you know, traveling and being at school and after school functions. I felt as if that 
incredibly big chunk of time was away from my home and really was focused primarily on school and If I needed to make a doctor's appointment, if I needed to do something at home, I really was strapped. I wasn't able to do it as freely as what I am able to now. Or whatever the case may be, that your life kind of has to fit in after you've been reporting to work 40 plus hours a week, where now I feel I've built my life and my work is infused into my life. It's really a different type of mindset that I've had now through this experience. And you may say, well, I have a job teaching career where, you know, I make sure that I have my life, you know, planned out first before I go to work each day. And I'm not saying that that isn't the case at all. But I hope that you understand what I mean by having to report somewhere 40 plus hours a week, plus your traveling time, you're just in a totally different mode, to be honest with you. That's the best way that I can explain it. Now, if you are considering building your own micro school, dream school outside of your home, then that's going to be something that you have to keep in mind. However, as I go through the tacticals of each day and the time spent, I hope that that still gives you hope to continue on with the dream that you have of building your own school. Some are a little concerned with starting out at their home and some are concerned that if they build it somewhere else that it's going to be additional time. You're going to find that with this type of schooling, no matter which way you choose to build it, your time is going to be invested in a different, more productive, more sustainable way. Seriously, it is going to be much more sustainable than what you have felt you've had to put in prior to building your own school. Now, this is not for the faint of heart. Let me just say this as well. I don't want to make it seem as if this is just an easy little walk in the park. Of course, whenever you build anything, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take planning. It's going to take reaching out to people, but it's so worth it in the end because it is your own. It is your vision. It is your masterpiece that God has created in your heart. And so the purpose will be fulfilled in a way that lights your soul on fire. I love looking into time and time blocking. As a matter of fact, about two years ago, I really started honing in on being more intentional with my planning in my personal life, being more intentional with the time that I spend throughout the day, time blocking, and it's really bled into how I structure this school. And to be honest with you, the reason why I believe I was able to hear from God and build this school was because of my intentionality with the time that I had. I'm definitely going to do a podcast episode about productivity, how I plan. That's going to be such a good episode for you to start using in your personal life, in your teaching career immediately. I can only do so much in one episode though. I just want to share it all. I just want to share it all. But today we're going to stay focused because I know that many people wonder, well, how do you have this school and have a podcast? What about your family life? How do you plan through through the week for your month, for your school year? How do you plan your lesson plans? When do you get breaks? What about your time management? How do you do it all by yourself? Do you do it all by yourself? How do you recharge? When do you ever get a break? Are you like always on? Do you have to always be on When do you go to the bathroom? Aren't you exhausted? And so here we go. I'm going to 
paint a pretty little picture, but I'm going to be very truthful with you too, okay? I never want to mislead anyone to think that this is just fairy tales and rainbows and sprinkles and it's just like the most wonderful Mr. Rogers place on earth, okay? It is wonderful, yes. It is great, yes. We do have moments of Mr. Rogers and we do have moments of sprinkles and fairy tale feelings, but this is life, okay? We have interruptions. We have some distractions. Not at all is what they used to be. We also have moments where we do feel tired. We have moments where we feel like we're getting behind, but it's it's the feeling overall that everybody wants to have. That's really what everybody's searching for. People might be searching for money. People might be searching for freedom of time. People might be searching for whatever in life, but when they're searching for this specific thing, really what they're searching for is the feeling behind it, okay? Really, if you really think about that. Oh, I really want to take a vacation. Well, why do you want to take a vacation? Because you want the feeling of relaxation. You want the feeling of peace. So really, it's why we do what we do. Today, let's start talking about how I have saved time, okay? How I have saved time. I have saved time traveling. You guys know, if you've been listening to me, that Our school is out of my home. I serve eight children on a daily basis, full-time, Monday through Friday, multiple age groups. So yes, parents need me full-time. That's how I originally set up this homeschooling business. Full-time, Monday through Friday. Students arrive at 8 o'clock. They leave at 3.30. So I've done a day in the life, but I really need to explain what I am doing during that time. First off, like I said, I am saving time on traveling, which means I'm also saving time, five, 10 minutes of preparing to get out the door, five, 10 minutes of getting back home, taking out my school stuff, taking out my lunchbox, taking out my school bag. I don't have to do any of that anymore. So you're looking at saving about 30 minutes just through these transitions. I don't have to pack my lunch anymore. I don't have to worry about hurrying up and putting my laundry in before I leave because I'm afraid it's going to get spoiled if I come home and I forgot to put it into the dryer, letting my dog out. All of that has been eliminated, which you think is like just daily little life stuff, but it really adds up over time. I'm also saving time on commuting, which means I'm also saving money on gas. Yes, since I have eight students here, we did purchase a 15 passenger van, which by the way, we had my van paid off and it was really pretty much run down into the ground. We were driving that sucker until it had no more juice in it. And of course, it went kerplunk right before we opened up the school. So I was able to purchase a 15-passenger van. God gets all the glory for that because it was all in his perfect timing. So I do not have a car payment on top of another car payment and then purchasing a 15-passenger van. My 15-passenger van is the van that I drive everywhere. I don't care. No shame in my game. That's my soccer mom van. Kids love carpooling with us. I have parents carpooling. I love knowing that I can take multiple kids wherever we go, not just during school, but after school. We use it for community service when our family does certain things outside of school. That's where we are during this season of life. That's just a little side note here. I digress. I need to keep focused here on our time. I also 
feel as if I save time because I don't have to get ready every morning, like super professionally ready. I'm all about wearing my yoga pants, my socks, and my comfy clothes. And I know that the parents do not mind. There are many days where I have on my blue jeans and my cute little top. And there are other days where it is what it is. But I get the freedom of walking in and out of my house barefoot or in flip-flops. Or I'm wearing my house shoes sometimes. I know it sounds crazy. You're probably thinking, what? But it is the truth. It's the truth. I don't have to worry about that anymore. These families know that when they drop their children off here, they're not paying me for what I'm wearing. They're paying me for the experience that their children get to have here. And they have an awesome experience because I am comfortable and I am awake and I am energized. And so, yes, I save time on my money and my wardrobe. And I know that these seem like super little things right now. But there's so much that goes into this. I mean, I have two pages of how I have saved so much time in this new way of schooling. Let me give you another example. I said earlier about my gate being unlocked because my husband has a business and a full-time job. The business that he has on the side Doesn't require a lot of time, but you know, he's in the business of building it. So he's strapped for time. He works out of the house. I do work in the house, but having lawn care and having our pool serviced, that saves us time. And although we are using it as an expense, it's an expense that can be written off because it is a part of our school. Just a side note there. We didn't have these services provided the first year of our school, but we do this year. In addition, many people think that I might have a professional cleaning service. And as a matter of fact, I thought that when I first built this school, since it was in my home, it was during COVID, I should probably have a professional cleaning service come in. But guess what? I save time and money because these precious little children help keep our school beautiful. So really, I'm only responsible for keeping my bedroom clean and our daughter's bedrooms clean. They help us with that, of course. And then our office. But the kitchen, the two living rooms, we live in Florida. We've got a split plan on our home. We've got, you know, what would typically be an upstairs or downstairs. If you live somewhere else, it's just spread out onto one level. So those two living rooms we use as classrooms one of which really does look like a classroom. The other one has a nice big table, but it's still like where our family meets together for family time and Bible study and things of that nature. We've got a big screen TV in there, so it's more homey, but the other one is definitely more classroom type of feel. And then we have our back porch, and our back porch is where a lot of learning happens as well, but we also have a little section with a comfy couch sectional and we use that personally we also use it for the school and our children at school help keep this area picked up as well because they eat lunch out there sometimes now don't you dare think that this is child labor because i'm here to tell you right now that these children actually ask to clean our school let me give you an example Our neighbors who live next door, they had their child's birthday party and they rented a bounce house on a Friday and that's how we spent our Friday afternoon celebrating. We make a big deal about birthdays and at the end of the day, I said, all right guys, I'm going to give you guys one more birthday treat right before you leave and one of the little girls looked at me and she goes, but we didn't do our chores and I said, well honey, we haven't 
we don't need to do that right now. It's Friday. You've we've got this bounce house. We need to finish doing this, sweetheart. And all of the children said, no. And I said, you guys want to leave the bounce house to go back into our school or our house and clean it? And they're like, yes, yes, we love chores. We love chores. And I'm thinking, you love vacuuming? I'm serious. They vacuum, they dust, they Windex, and they ask to do it. They love cleaning the bathroom, wiping down with disinfectant wipes, sweeping our restaurant on the back porch. It is adorable, but they want it. This is what we call lighthouse life skills. Now, I don't think that they actually go home and want to do it, but there's something about the camaraderie here that they just love doing this. Now, on a daily basis, the time that I have with kids, if you really want to break it down into hours, I would say from 9 to 12, Monday through Friday, we're all in. So that's 15 hours where myself and my assistant have our eyes on students. Now, I will say on Thursdays, I have a volunteer retired teacher. She's incredible. She's amazing. She comes and she assists from 9 until 1130. And then my assistant comes in right after her. And then on Fridays, I'm here by myself and we kind of structure our days differently on Friday. We still do work, but we do structure it and there's more freedom with field trips, going to the park, things of that nature. But for the most part, you can consider from 9 to 12, we are the guide on the side, we are coaching, and we are giving direct instruction and immediate feedback to the students about their work. We have a lot of systems in place that help keep the school running very efficiently so that we can give really great power hours in the morning. Students arrive at 8 o'clock, so from 8 to 9, I'm outside greeting parents, talking, chit-chatting with the kids, talking with the parents, or I'm sitting in my lawn chair, grading papers, having the kids come over and read to me. I might be assessing them on their sight words. And then my help comes at 8.30. I also leave from 9 o'clock till about 9.10 to take my daughter to middle school. We live right next to the middle school. So my assistant is here. She's helping the students unpack, get out their journals. And we always start the day with the children journaling. It's very important. I feel, I believe that children are able to process and start their day off by just brain dumping and writing in a way that makes them feel at ease and comfortable to start the day and get what's ever on their heart or in their mind onto paper. Now, the way that you have your school structured is, of course, up to you as the teacher and whatever it is that you declare meets the needs of your students. I do have a curriculum, but I also use a lot of thematic units, and I feel as if having a curriculum helps me stay on course. I appreciate the assessments. I appreciate that children have books in their hands for science, for social studies, for math, for reading. I find that very valuable, and the parents really appreciate that. So with that being in mind, I did spend one week in the summer. Once I had gotten our new curriculum in, my children went off to a summer camp and I did spend one week going through the curriculum. I had my podcast going. My children were at camp. I have my diffusers. I'm in my own space. My husband was at work. I was ripping out our papers. I was writing out lesson plans. I was organizing our materials 
Those are some big time systems that have helped keep our days very structured and knowing what we're going to do, which has helped me immensely with lesson planning. And because we know the students so well, our lesson plans for these children really are determined by how they are progressing through our lessons. There is self-directed learning. There is a lot of student-centered learning. That's really where we get the biggest bang for our buck when it comes to time because we know our students. We do not have to feel as if we have to keep up with the curriculum, that we need to keep up with the teacher next door, that we all need to be teaching the same unit at the same time, giving the same assessments. If a child seems to be progressing, we have the flexibility. We have the autonomy to say, I'm going to skip over these lessons. I'm going to forego this activity. Okay, so-and-so, you are doing so great in our adding and subtracting unit. I'm going to have you actually go ahead and start practicing multiplication and division. It is very student-centered. Students also have their own folder to where they have their own independent activities that correlate with what level they are on. And the children love it. I think that they feel empowered that they get to start their activities. And if they need help, they know that the teacher is going to be there. We're able to empower them. We do not abandon them, but they are able to get started and become self-directed, which is such an amazing life skill. And I will say that for the first six weeks of school this year, I did have a new assistant. I had new students. I had new ages. I had a new volunteer. I had a new setup. I also launched this podcast. It was a very busy season, so I was putting in a little bit of a weekend time, but I will say that since this is in my home, I no longer feel the guilt of asking my husband, hey, are you going to make sure to be here on Sunday, not schedule anything because I've got to run out to the school for a few hours. I am free to cook tacos on a Sunday while my kids are playing in the backyard and I'm in the schoolroom. I love it. I don't have to drive out, spend my weekends out at the school. Um, I remember my first couple years of teaching, we could actually go out to the school. We had a key to the school in our small town and we could go out there and I would be there on a Friday night. I would love it. There was a Friday night football game at our high school, but I would be out there doing the lesson plans and getting my centers ready and making my room all nice and cute when I get to do that in my house. I love it. And some people may say, well, how do you disconnect? Well, here's the deal. I kind of have a little thing with myself where if the lamp is turned off, it's a signal for me that school's closed. The whiteboards are wiped off at the end of the day. We start fresh. We turn off the light. But when the lamp is on and the diffusers are going, I know that that's like a signal that it's time for me to do whatever I need to do. But really and truthfully, there's just so much joy in being able to be here at home. And if I want to put together different centers, if I want to add something to our classroom, I'm right there. I don't have to be like, okay, let me make a list of whenever I get into my classroom, I need to do this. That's really gone. At this season of my life, I love it. If I decide later on to build this school in a different location, in a different building, I will face that change and those decisions when that time comes. But for right now, I say, Whatever season of life you're in, that's how you know how to build your school, truthfully. And that's what's so beautiful is that it's customizable to you. Now, I do send out 
a weekly email. I send that out on Fridays. I think it's really great to just have something, you know, I don't get to see the dads like I get to see the moms. Most of the moms pick the children up, but it's just a nice way to communicate. I think it's very professional. The parents appreciate it. It's a little wrap up and the way that I save time with that, it's nothing formal, but it is, like I said, professional and needed. I have a little sticky note on my desk in my kitchen and throughout the week, if there's anything that I think I need to remind parents of or that I want to give a shout out or a recap, I just jot down some notes. And as a matter of fact, I actually typically on Wednesday afternoons or on Thursdays, I start drafting up the email. Takes me about five to 10 minutes. And then that way, if I feel as if I've pretty much said what I needed to say by Thursday, then I just hit schedule and it goes out Friday afternoon. But that is a way that I've saved time and a way that I've stayed connected to the families. I also do not have to schedule parent-teacher conferences with 20-plus students. I do not have to answer tons of emails. As a matter of fact, none of my parents email me. I'm the only one who emails them. They are really a text away, but no one ever crosses the boundaries, you know, feeling as if, They have to reach out to me for something every single day. Like I barely even communicate through text messaging with parents unless I'm sending out reminders or they might have a little question. It's not a big deal at all. We have such a beautiful community together as just fellowshipping and knowing that it takes a village. They don't expect me to do it all by myself. They are here to help. They help donate. They donate their time. They donate resources and even their time for field trips. I want to get back and talk about our day a little bit more. And that is in the morning. Yes, I do give students a break halfway through our morning block where they get to go outside. They get to play. They get to eat their snack for about 10 to 15 minutes. They chat with each other. And I'm here to tell you that I believe wholeheartedly if someone were to say, What do you think the secret sauce is to your school on why students are progressing and they love being here so much? Why are they making gains in such little increments of time, so to speak? Because even my neighbor who sends her children over here, she's like, I have even thought, how in the world have my kids grown so much and do so much work, but I hear them outside, it seems like all the time talking and playing and laughing. It's it it's bewilderment. I, I'm just bewildered by this. And it's true. I really believe that being able to send the children out to frequently stretch and, you know, decompress or they have time even throughout our learning from nine to 12. They're not just sitting there just getting this information pumped into their brain. They're in this relaxed environment. And I really believe that it nourishes and feeds their brain. When I call them to come back in, now I can see them playing because our kitchen is has glass to where I can see outside. So I can see them playing or I'm either out there with them doing various things, but I will call them back in. No one complains to come back inside. They are so attentive. They finish their work. They're on task. And then we go to lunch. And then from 12 to one, my assistant stays at my house She has her lunch here. I take the kids out. I love going out to the park. I love being outside. That's just 
how it is for me. I will, you know, walk the park. It is a fenced-in park in our neighborhood, so I feel very safe. I see all of the kids, and I just kind of walk a little bit, get my exercise. I mean, I'm not pumping it here, folks, but I am moving my body. The children are eating. I'm eating. They're playing. I'm walking around the park. I might listen to a podcast. I might call someone very quickly, but I'm right there with the children, and I love that. They work hard. They play hard. We enjoy our time. We come back at one o'clock and books are in hands. Children are putting away their lunchbox, their water bottle. They're going to the restroom. They're washing their hands. And every child has a book in their hand. And that is another big, big, big awakening moment that I've had. I love the fact that children have books in their hands and they love books in their hands, and you can tell how appreciative they are of this time because they'll be like, how much time do we have to read? How can we only have 25 minutes instead of 30 minutes? Because we might have gotten back a little bit later, but I've seen the children, the parents have seen the children desire reading more than ever, ever before. And to me, that is the biggest win. It's immersion. They love reading. And if I can fuel a fire in their belly for reading, I feel as if I have accomplished my goal as teaching and impacting lives. It just, you know it, you know that you want these children to love reading. I know my own daughter, she hated reading. And ever since homeschooling and and having this time where she gets to pick her own books and she gets to sit where she wants to sit and it's quiet and she just gets to get lost in a book. It's been a really big game changer for my daughter and her reading. And I can give you other examples as well of children who came in not knowing how to read, you know, in kindergarten. And then literally within a month or two, reading 70 to 80 page Dr. Seuss books. Seriously, it's incredible. If you do not have a silent reading time where children get to self-select their reading materials, do it. Start tomorrow. You will not regret it. Oh my goodness. Okay. And then from 1.30 to 2.45, the students have two center rotations where they are either being coached by my assistant or myself, or they are finishing work. But during this time, my assistant helps me a lot where I can go back into my back office and she is fully in control of the children most of the time. And I'm working on different things for school or I'm brainstorming ideas for the next month. And she kind of gives me that teacher planning time, which I'm so grateful for. And it also gives me time to research and to be more collaborative with other teachers who are working from home, teaching online, creating content. I really find this time to be extremely beneficial. I've also talked to a few people who have been building micro schools during this time. So we're sharing ideas because you need to make sure that you are collaborating still. Now back to that afternoon block. If the students are not at the computer, which by the way, I have fun brain to help practice with math facts. My younger students do reading eggs and math seeds, which is an online program that is paid for. And then I also do Adventure Academy and I have a few other websites for students in the upper grades to work on their geography and map skills. We have a lot of opportunities for students to learn through technology, but I really do try to limit it because the vision here is that children get to be children and they're not sitting in front of screens 
for an extended amount of time or if ever at all, to be honest with you. Or our students are making iMovies or they're showing their learning in some type of way through whether that's the use of pretending like they're making a podcast, they're recording each other or themselves doing a book report, or they may even be creating, like I said, an iMovie or doing some type of self-directed inquiry or learning. Then at the end of the day, 2.45, they go back outside, they have their snack, they play. And if, you know, during that 1.30 to 2.45 block, while my assistant is with the students primarily, I am also aware that we have some science experiments, our gardening unit, our pumpkin investigations, our apple investigations. We celebrate birthdays when it's their birthday. This is the time where we do that. So we would not have our center rotations, you know, for the coaching and for the computer time. And then parents are out in the front after our students do the chores. Parents are always respectful. They come and pick their students up all time. And we literally get through the car rider line in about five minutes, if less. I mean, it might be two minutes. It depends on whether or not I say something to a parent. It's so cool. And then on Fridays, we have our library, our field trip one or two times a month. And Typically from 9 to 12, the students know if we work hard, we get to play hard. We do our spelling tests. We do our math facts. We do anything that we need to do online for learning. We'll go on nature walks. We have our fall festivals. We go park hopping. Or we have some type of community involvement service project that we are doing. And so really, in a nutshell, yes, the time here is spent so differently. I love being able to have a veteran teacher come and to collaborate with her. I love having an assistant here collaborating with her. My assistant is going to be on leave for a little bit because she's having a surgery and I am actually having a middle school student who is homeschooled. She's going to be coming over and volunteering her time and my volunteer is going to be coming here possibly a couple more hours a week. So that is So wonderful and so helpful. Yes, you put in more time at the beginning as you are building your business. You do have decisions that fall on you as the business owner, as the teacher in charge, but you have people around you, other stakeholders who are helping you, and the parents are there to help as well. There are too many people sometimes making decisions that can stir the pot. And these parents are sending their children to you. You communicate with them up front. You keep an open line of communication and they give you ideas and they give you reassurance. And typically we put too much pressure on ourselves. I always make sure that I send out a monthly newsletter, monthly calendar, and that helps me to make curriculum choices throughout the month as well. And then I always have one week out of the month where we have a thematic unit. So in September, we had an apple week. In October, we had a pumpkin week and gardening week. And then in November, we will have our Thanksgiving week and our community service project. And in December, we will do the same. And it is awesome because we get to have different ways of of learning and giving back. And this way of learning and teaching really does give you back the quality of time that your teacher heart so 
longs for. I hope you feel inspired. There's so much more that we could get into, and I'm going to have to break it down even more. Each of these sections really deserve their own time and their own attention. But for the most part, I put it out there, and we can dive into this a little bit later. I hope you feel inspired, feel encouraged, and maybe you can even take away some of these today if you've not started your business or want to start right away. Got your wheels spinning. You're starting to think of it. Start employing some of these within your own day in your school, and I hope that you feel rejuvenated. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.